0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of The Fortress of Rock. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. Glad to have you back for another Friday night rock and roll festival. This is episode 47, taping here on July the 8th, 2022. I hope everybody out there had a great 4th of July weekend. But, of course, time, life, music... They all roll on, as does a Fortress, so let's get into the news of the world. As always, our tribute to Queen and Freddie Mercury. Going to start off with some Van Halen news. Let's be positive to start off the weekend, shall we? So congratulations to Wolfgang Van Halen. Going to tie the knot. Engaged officially to his longtime girlfriend, Andrea Alsop. Congrats to my man. If anybody deserves this kind of happiness and joy, it is Wolfgang. I hope that this love burns as intensely as the love did between his dad and Valerie Bertinelli. Of course, in my humble opinion, Eddie was the problem. Eddie probably caused that to crash and burn. But you could tell even when Eddie died... Valerie still cared about him, still loved him, despite the fact both had moved on. Something we could all learn from. Something we could all take as a life lesson. Just because a relationship, a marriage ends, does not mean the friendship and the caring has to end. So congrats. Again, to Wolfgang Van Halen. Now, an interesting story I found over the past week from a former Rolling Stone website editor. I'm not going to name names here because I don't want to do anything in terms of promoting or connecting anybody to that hack rag known as Rolling Stone outside of mentioning it which you kind of have to. This website, website editor happened to stumble into a relationship with Eddie Van Halen here over the last decade, let's say. And they exchanged emails, became friends. The interesting things that have come out of these messages and these emails. Number one, a lot of soundtrack work was being proposed to Eddie Van Halen. He had told this former Rolling Stone editor that he had been approached to Put together the theme music for Top Gun Maverick. Of course, now one of the biggest box office hits of all time. But remember, this is one of those movies, and we're still getting them. I think we're about done, but they're still leaking out. Movies that were delayed two to three years because of COVID. So that's why... This is still relevant because Eddie was still alive when they were putting this together, when they were putting Top Gun Maverick together. Also, supposedly Keanu Reeves had approached him about doing some music for the next John Wick movie. And Eddie, of course, has done soundtrack music before, most notably Twister. And then, of course, if you go way, way back, you can look at the wildlife. And I still want to know why I can't get the soundtrack to the wildlife. The other interesting little tidbit that came out of this article, and I'm not going so far as to say that we were looking at the fourth lead singer of Van Halen, but supposedly Brian Adams and Eddie Van Halen had been talking about some sort of collaboration. Could you have seen Brian Adams as the fourth lead singer of Van Halen? even though Eddie had kind of conceded that the fans wanted David Lee Roth. So it almost seemed like Eddie backed into the reunion with Dave unwillingly. That being said, it lasted between, what, three tours and an album about 10 years. But David Lee Roth had been going off on weird tangents. Electronic dance music had become a passion for him all of a sudden. And, of course, Eddie wanted nothing to do with that. So I, I again, ask you, drop me a line here on Spotify. Go to our Facebook page. Do you think Brian Adams could have worked as the fourth lead singer of van halen an interesting thing to ponder all right moving on to a tour news for the week of course it never seems to be good it always seems to be bad we're not getting a lot of new tour dates But we're getting a lot of problems with these older artists and their health. We talked last week about Brett Michaels, we've talked about Tommy Lee. Now, of course, Carlos Santana collapses on stage this past week at Pine Knob outside of Detroit, Michigan. Luckily it wasn't anything super serious. Uh, heat dehydration he claims he forgot to eat drink before the show I know that sounds ridiculous but I'll back him up on that there are plenty of times when I have forgotten to do it going out into extreme heat everything looks good though I believe tonight Again, as we tape on the 8th of July, he is supposed to make his return to the stage after a brief absence. I believe only one show was affected. Now, unfortunately, we talked about Whitesnake and how they were having health issues. It turns out now it's gotten worse. They have had to cancel all of their European farewell tour dates that's a shame that's really a shame not getting rescheduled they're just not gonna not gonna be able to do any of the overseas dates that they had planned on this farewell tour hopefully things get better when they get over here with the scorpions again i think everybody in 2022 is being cautious That's why we're not seeing more acts jumping out there and scheduling shows than we are. Again, a lot of these shows we're seeing right now, and we'll talk about this more later, are tours, dates that were delayed two to three years because of COVID. So I think everybody wants to get through 2022, see how everything goes, and then hopefully 2023 gets back to a full rocking concert season on the other side of the scales though you have to balance out the fact that a lot of these bands these acts these performers are getting very old so you wonder how much that is influencing these delays these cancellations these postponements these health issues You can't beat Father Time, kids. You can't beat the clock on the wall. All right, in terms of new albums, word just came out today that the Cult are releasing a new album called Under the Midnight Sun. That will hit on October the 7th of this year first single is already out we'll discuss it when we get to our final segment because of course it will be a song that we will review probably next week here on the fortress but again mark your calendars for october the 7th first new album from the cult i believe in six years under the midnight sun Finally, I find a lot of these bands, as you know, hypocritical. I find a lot of these performers, especially those who came through the 60s and the 70s, the hippie era. Once they got a taste of money and they got a taste of the capitalism that they so abhor that they denounce left and right all the time. The minute somebody starts to take the money back out of their, their accounts, or they're not seeing the constant influx that they're used to, they get a little skittish. They get a little nervous. Remember a couple months back, the whole Spotify boycott led by Neil Young, because of Joe Rogan, because Joe Rogan was supposedly giving out disinformation about COVID and COVID vaccinations and COVID treatments. I said at the time, and I still stick by my guns, free speech, First Amendment matters the most. You don't have to listen to somebody like Joe Rogan Go do your own research, figure it out for yourself, and then make an informed decision. If you are listening to Joe Rogan and only going by what Joe Rogan says, then you're a fool. But that does not mean that Neil Young, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, I believe Joni Mitchell was another one, the 60s and the 70s hippie crew goes nuts and says, we're pulling our music off of Spotify Because we don't like the misinformation that Joe Rogan is putting out there. It's their music. They have the right to do whatever they want. But I find it funny. I find it very, very comical that now, under the radar, Crosby, Stills, and Nash are going to go back on Spotify. Oh, But the first month's worth of proceeds, the first month's worth of money they make from their songs being played on Spotify after they they get reposted, they're going to give that to a COVID-19 charity. Which is great. Very nice. Very good for them. Trying to buy back some dignity. I don't like the hippie generation. I never have, and I never will. And I think we're reliving it right now in this day and age in 2022. There's a balance we have to achieve with our music, with our lives, social protests. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. There is no way we're getting to an Eden or a utopia as much as everybody wants to think we can. And I still say the 80s were the best of times. And there's a lot of people out there that'll disagree, and that's fine. But we never had this problem in the 80s. and I'm not just a Ronald Reagan fanatic, okay? So let's not go there. But we came out of the 70s, one of the more turbulent eras in our nation's history, Although if you look back over the last 250 years, pretty much almost every decade was turbulent in some way, shape, or form. The 80s were probably one of the few that weren't. And I think that's why I look back on it fondly. But now with social media and the internet and 24-hour cable news that's skewed one way or the other with nobody in the middle, nobody has a rational, sane voice in the middle that can help bring compromise to our differences, we're doomed. We're absolutely doomed. And again... Hollywood celebrities like Crosby, Stills, and Nash prove the point that the rich and the elite are a bunch of hypocrites. Before we move on to segment two, We've got reviews coming up of Fozzie, Ozzy Osbourne, and Megadeth. I do want to pass along a quick moment of silence to one of the first bands I've ever seen in concert live. They opened for Billy Squire at the first rock concert I ever saw. We talked about this. The first concert I ever saw was Frank Sinatra which in a way is cool but the first rock concert I ever saw was Nazareth and Billy Squire and unfortunately Manny Charlton founding Nazareth guitarist passed away here this past week so as always We want to give out our thoughts and prayers to the Nazareth family, Manny Charlton's family and friends. And I say this, it seems like week after week, but it's just going to get worse before it gets better. All the rock stars that we grew up with are getting older, not younger. And again, you cannot beat father time. So live your life. Stop protesting stupid things. Stop listening to the talking heads on CNN and Fox News. Go have fun. Be kind. Be nice to each other. Be reasonable. Be smart. I think that's where my philosophy differs from a lot of the hippy-dippy crap. Again, I think we had it right in the 80s. I think we were okay, and somehow we lost it. We just completely and totally lost it. And I don't know if we'll ever get it back. But in terms of music, I will always be here. Week after week to guide you through. So we're going to take a quick break here. Come right back with our breakdown segment. Stay tuned here, Friday night, July the 8th. I will be right back. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fortress of Rock podcast with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane, of course. That was segment one, the news of the world, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, where we look back at the past week in rock and roll and all the news and all the controversies that you deserve to know about. Next up is the heart of the show, the meat and potatoes breakdown, where we are going to review all the new songs, all the new albums, all the new concert tours, the shows that I've seen personally. Stay tuned for that. Of course, we're now available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast and Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Hang out, kids. We'll be right back. Okay, kids, welcome back. Segment two of the Fortress of Rock, episode 47 here, July the 8th, 2022. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane, going hard and heavy this week with our music reviews here in the breakdown segment of course breakdown is our tribute to tom petty and the heartbreakers album review for fozzy latest album just came out within the last couple months boombox later on we've got the first singles from new albums coming from ozzy osbourne and megadeth so yes get your leather studs on get ready to bang your head First up, of course, Fozzie's boombox, track by track, as we always do here on the Fortress. Now, I'll admit, I have never gotten into Fozzie. I will also admit that I am a little, tiny, teeny bit of a wrestling fan, so I kind of connected the two together at some point here over the last four or five months with Chris Jericho, soon to be WWE Hall of Famer, currently on AEW Wrestling. Fozzie is Chris Jericho's band. Chris Jericho is on lead vocals. Fozzie has been fairly successful. Again, I know we've mentioned this in the past. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of these newer bands. Once we get past Godsmack, I start to lose interest. I don't like Breaking Benjamin. I don't like Korn. I don't like Five Finger Death Punch. We don't talk about them on this show. I do try to be a little more open and not just focus on classic rock acts only, but I have my limits. We do talk about newer bands like the Black Moods, but I guess I'm being a snob when it comes to certain genres of current music, and that would be the Screamo generic metal rock that's been popular over the last decade decade and a half just doesn't do it for me i got friends tell me oh you're just getting old that's fine i'll i'll bow out gracefully instead of listening to disturbed doing the lead singer doing monkey chatter in the sickness one of my least favorite songs of all time yeah, I know, massively popular song. I am in the vast minority when it comes to hating that song, but I hate it. So Fozzie tries to straddle the line is what I'm getting at. Fozzie tries to bring in some elements from classic 80s, early 90s rock in terms of song structure, but they occasionally lapse into some of the newer foibles, faults that I can't stand. Now, I admire Chris Jericho for what he's trying to do. Again, a multitasker like a Dave Grohl, a Josh Hom, where he is trying to do multiple things with his time. He wants to stay busy 24-7, He wants to make his mark on society before he leaves this earth. Whether it be rock star, wrestling legend. And I admire him unbelievably for that. Just like I admire Dave Grohl. Here's the difference. When you listen to Fozzie, when you listen to Boombox, The vocals that Chris Jericho is putting out there through these 12 songs are so ridiculously, obviously auto-tuned and strained and funneled through every type of computerized mechanical filter you could possibly imagine. His vocals come out most of the time weak, not awful, but weak. He ends up sounding like a C-level Ozzy Osbourne. That kind of reminds me of Blackstone Cherry, which I always thought sounded a lot like Ozzy Osbourne. So we get into the album. Song one, sane. Moderately catchy. I wasn't overly impressed, but it wasn't awful. And then again, again, you got to have the screamo metal stuff that's been in fashion, again, over the last decade and a half. And then the second song, I Still Burn, is worse in song structure. Sane was at least somewhat catchy. I Still Burn, one of the worst songs on the album then you get a really good run going a really really good run going where the middle of this album boombox is great i mean great start off with purifier song three got a little bit of a judas priest guitar riff to it probably my favorite song on the album then the mid-tempo Army of One, Song 4, which I liked. Song 5, Ugly on the Inside, where, of course, they take the the old classic schoolyard chant, U-G-L-Y. Now, I call it a schoolyard chant. Of course, it could have also originated with Will Ferrell the cheerleaders on Saturday Night Live. But again, a great song, a fun song. And then the fun continues with song six, a faithful rendition of Relax. Yes, the old Frankie Goes to Hollywood song. Yes, a little bit harder. They add a little bit more in terms of guitar. But in the end, this is pretty close to being a truly faithful version of Relax. This is a nice little curveball coming out of left field. And I, yes, I've complained about remakes when it comes to some of these bands. I've talked about Bad Company. I've talked about Sounds of Silence, Land of Confusion. And I don't, dislike any of the remakes i like the fact these bands do try to bring older music to a new audience but at the same time it gets depressing especially something like sounds of silence i have particular issues with if you do a google search on sounds of silence Disturbed's version comes up before Simon and Garfunkel, which is to me blasphemy. Blasphemy. But relax. Great to hear the song again after all these years. And Fozzie again stays true to the original. Then we get Nowhere to Run. Very catchy, very, very catchy song. A little bit generic, but extremely catchy. So the positive run here on Boombox continues. But this is about the point in the album where Chris Jericho's auto-tuned vocals are starting to wear on me. They're getting very bland. They're, They're just getting a little bit boring, a little bit monotonous. Then the final song on this nice little run here through the middle of Boombox, the last song is My Great Wall. Again, six-song run here in the middle of Boombox that's just fantastic. And I was really starting to like this album a lot a lot then we get the song nine what hell is like and then they fall ass backwards into the trap of trying to be like the aforementioned bands i don't like disturbed five-finger death punch with those growling devil vocals um Check out the Mothership podcast, what I like to call it. The one that started all of this, Sports Frenzy 2.0, which I do with my friend Dave. Check out our weekend edition here. That's going to hit tomorrow morning, the 9th of July, if you want me to really go off on this. Here on The Fortress, I try to stay a little more impartial, try to stay a little more professional. On Sports Frenzy 2.0, I basically try to imitate all these awful, stupid, devil, growling, you know, tubercular vocals that all these bands try to put out there to make them sound really, really tough and really, really mean and really, really evil. And I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. So, What Hell Is Like is the first major error on Boombox, in my opinion. Then comes Omen, song 10. Similar in my feelings to this one, as I had with Nowhere to Run. It's catchy, a little generic. The autotune vocals, again not getting any better then we get song 11 the worst is yet to come which is a very intriguing song because musically it lacks musically it is weak but you can the lyrics if you can get past the i hate to say boring but the boring generic song structure the instrumental performance the lyrics are really good really good would have liked to have heard them put these lyrics in a different song musically performance wise so a miss that shouldn't have been a miss where the worst is yet to come and then the album ends with the Vulture Club again like what hell is like song 9, song 12 is another plunge into this awful trend again of the last decade or so where we've got to sound like our voices are coming from the depths of Hades and it's just you don't have to be like this you don't have to do this Geez, have you guys heard nothing of Judas Priest, Dio? Those guys could sing the same songs, the same type of lyrics that what you guys, Fozzie, Death Punch, Disturbed, Breaking Benjamin, what you're all singing without having to resort to this. I have the same problem with current pop music, too. Got a 20-year-old daughter who listens to a lot of current acts, current bands like Halsey. And she's just enamored with a lot of these boring, dull singers. Nobody has the vocal chops anymore, like what I grew up with, maybe what you grew up with. There is no Steve Perry steve walsh from kansas nobody who could really rock a song out carry a tune now everything is again auto-tuned filtered unemotional droning Give me somebody who can actually sing. God, I'll even bring up Whitney Houston. Give me somebody who can sing a song. Compare compare this. Compare Whitney Houston to Madonna. I know this is the Fortress of Rock, but I'm just trying to show you how I feel about The current rock bands versus the old rock bands when it comes to vocals. Compare Whitney Houston to Madonna. Madonna couldn't sing a lick to save her life. She was lucky to have great songwriters, great producers, and she promoted herself very well. Whitney Houston could sing. That's the difference. That's the difference. All right, moving on. I know we're going from Madonna and Whitney Houston back into the depths of dark, dark, hard rock. But, of course, we mentioned last week new albums coming from Ozzy Osbourne and Megadeth. And I wish I could say that these two songs were a little more encouraging considering they're old school rock and roll bands versus something newer like Fozzy. But I'm unfortunately going to step on my own feet here as I review these two songs because I found both of these very pedestrian and at times boring as well. Let's start off with Ozzy Osbourne, the title track from his upcoming album, Patient Number Nine. First off, seven minutes and 21 seconds of this. This is not a great epic song like Bohemian Rhapsody or Freebird this is not a song that's worthy of seven minutes and 21 seconds vastly over long and on top of that it's the same old ozzy osbourne shtick, which i'm really getting tired of after decades of listening to him yes i know he has a certain persona kind of like alice cooper but Enough with I'm crazy, I'm cuckoo, nuts, I'm going to the insane asylum, I've got a straight jacket on, nobody understands me. Yeah, we've been there ever since Blizzard of Oz. We get it. 40 years, Ozzy, we get it. Do something different and I think that's my problem with patient number nine. It's got a mildly catchy chorus. Jeff Beck is the guitarist on this. Guest guitarist sounds fine. I've never been a big fan. I find his guitar work kind of generic, unexciting, but even I can look at it and say, hey, pretty good. He's trying to prop up this song. I just, as much as I like Ozzy Osbourne, as much as I give him credit for being one of those acts, one of those performers that helped me grow up, it was Foreigner, it was Van Halen, it was ACDC, it was Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz, it was Billy Squire. Those are the acts that helped form who I am today in terms of my musical tastes. But there are times when you go come up with something new come up with something different I'm not talking about doing a U2 you guys know how I feel about Zoropa and pop but what's wrong with over the mountain what's wrong with the ultimate sin i'm just so tired of this i am a crazy guy who used to bite the heads off a bats performance shtick that i'm just done with it and again patient number nine mildly catchy solid guitar from jeff beck but i'm hoping the second release from the album will be a lot better and i could say the same thing for megadeth First track off their upcoming album is We'll Be Back. Outside of the fantastic, intense, speed guitar work on this song, what is there? It's not catchy. Now, I've never claimed to be the biggest Megadeth fan in the world, but there are some songs out there that they like. Peace cells, I think, is fantastic. But again, maybe both Ozzy Osbourne and Megadeth are getting caught up in their own hype. Just deciding to further the stereotypes that surround their history, their legacy. Because we'll be back in its way isn't any better than Patient Number Nine. Musically, I like it more because again, the guitar work is phenomenal. Sorry, Jeff Beck. But I'm more impressed with again the molten lava guitar work on Megadeth song than I am on kind of the generic hard rock stuff that jeff beck is putting out on patient number nine but again neither song impresses me and i will say for both ozzy and megadeth you better give me more on the second releases the second singles from these albums otherwise i'm going to start to worry that time has passed you by Kind of seems like that's turning into a theme for this week, right, kids? The inevitable ticking of the clock. Older acts getting older, not progressing, not learning, not creating new stuff, just showing us that they're old. Some would say I'm old, but I still got another 20 years or so in me. And I will still continue to let you know what's going on each and every week in rock and roll here on The Fortress. Next up, segment three, as always, our look back at anniversaries, birthdays, classic moments in rock history. Episode 47, July the 8th. Hope you're having a great Friday night. Hang out with me for a little bit more, won't you? We'll be right back. All right, now that we've looked at the current state of music in our breakdown segment, it is time to climb into the DeLorean and travel back in time to look back at moments in rock and roll history. Birthdays, deaths, Anniversaries of song and album releases. It is time for I Want to Go Back, our tribute to Eddie Money. Stay tuned. And as always, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, Castbox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Soldiering on here. Segment three, episode 47, The Fortress of Rock, I Want to Go Back, anniversaries of classic album releases, moments in rock history, birthdays, probably going to be a little short this week, didn't find a lot, but what I've got, we shall discuss. And as always in this segment, I like to give thanks, acknowledgement to my main sources for a lot of these music news ideas, a lot of these I Want to Go Back, Discussion Points, UltimateClassicRock.com, The Van Halen News Desk, and ThisDayInMusic.com. Now again, as always, thanks to them. For giving me the ideas, but the opinions and discussion points are mine and mine alone. Start off real quick. We'll blow through some birthdays here before we get to a little bit more of the more interesting, heavier stuff. So real quick, July the 8th, 1944. Jamo a. Johnson. 78 years old today, founding member, drummer, percussionist for a band that I discovered later on in life, and thank you, thank you, thank you to the rock gods that I did, the Allman Brothers Band. I still don't know how in my teens, in my early 20s, I had no appreciation, no desire to listen to the Allman Brothers and then all of a sudden the light bulb clicked and now I absolutely can't get enough of the Allman Brothers. Maybe it's age. A slight mellowing of musical tastes. I've always said I feel the same way kind of about Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen and the Allmans were the the two... Acts that I really grew to appreciate more as I got older, but especially the Almonds. I didn't have any time in my life for 20 minute jam sessions you listen to live at the Fillmore East. I just sent my daughter this week a clip of Whipping Post, 25 minutes long from that particular recording. The Fillmore East Show. And of course, all she did was groan and moan and say, oh, you really want me to listen to this? And I told her, I said, you don't have to. And I was thinking, I wonder how she'll feel about it in 10, 15 years. Will she be like me when she hits her 30s and starts to appreciate music more and is refined her music tastes more. Will she be like me, and will she finally appreciate the greatness of the Allman Brothers when she gets a little bit older? And then, 1970. This is where I go negative. I just went positive, glowingly happy, thinking about the Allman Brothers now i go negative that's the only reason i put this birthday in here and it's the only other birthday i've got for today july the 8th 1970 52 years old the overrated hack known as beck a lot of you music snobs out there are probably poo-pooing me right now and going why are you ripping on Beck? he's a musical genius no he's not no, he's not. Beck plays around, experiments. It's kind of like with movies, music, or movie critics will tell you why they hate superhero movies, generic blockbusters, generic animated movies is because they're forced to listen to or watch everything. Again, I'm getting my rock metaphors and my movie metaphors mixed up here, so bear with me and I will clarify. So these these movie critics have to see every movie that comes out. Requirement of the job. Now, a lot of us would go, hey, sounds like a great job. But they have to sift through a lot of garbage, a lot of generic Bruce Willis straight to DVD stuff. Disney, PC, crap. Yet another Marvel movie. And this is why movies like Nomadland win Best Picture. I saw Nomadland. It was one of the most horrific movie experiences of my life. Not because of the subject matter. Because it was just dumb, stupid, and not well done. So I'm wondering, going now back, you'll understand my confusion from earlier. Now going back to music and music critics. Yes, I'll mention the hack mag Rolling Stone again, along with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And somehow Beck keeps making the cut to the finals each and every year recently for induction into the Rock Hall of Fame, which I think is a joke. I didn't like the fact Lionel Richie got in. I didn't like the fact Carly Simon got in this year. I would much rather have Carly Simon and Lionel Richie in the Rock Hall of Fame than Beck. Beck is the nomad land of music. Just like Radiohead. Oh, look how creative and how experimental they are. That doesn't mean it's good. That's what I will never understand. Everybody's looking for something different. Different isn't always good. Last segment, I just tore into Ozzy Osbourne and Megadeth saying, let's be creative and do something different. But on the other side of the spectrum, you've got Radiohead and Beck who do all these bizarre, boring, artsy-fartsy songs and albums, and we're all supposed to go, oh, aren't they unbelievable music geniuses? No, they're not. Again, different doesn't make it good. And I will not celebrate when most likely Beck gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Moving on to anniversaries. First off, gonna go a little bit earlier in the week here, going back to July the third 1971, of course, Jim Morrison was found dead in a bathtub in Paris. And of course, normally I don't like to stray from the specific date where I'm recording, but in this case, I felt this was necessary because I've always said Jim Morrison is one of my favorite singers of all time. So I felt I needed to acknowledge the day of his passing. I still need to get more into the the back catalog of the Doors, I will fully admit I have not listened to enough of the Doors, as much of the Doors, as I should. Getting into music in about 1975, 1976, I missed out on the Doors initially, but that's no excuse. I should have gone back at some point in my life, and I still have time, and I still might. to get back into the DOORS catalog and really get an appreciation for how great I think they are. Now we we stick with today's date, July the 8th, for these last couple little tidbits. I find this fascinating. This shows me how far Our ratings of albums in terms of sales, plays on the radio, plays on Spotify, Tidal, wherever you listen to music, how that has all changed. I'm going to go all the way back to 1958 for this. 1958. Over 60 years ago, the first gold record was awarded for an album. Not a single, but an album. Went to the soundtrack for Oklahoma. Now, earlier in the year, the first gold record for a single had been awarded. but there was a big difference in how they were rating a gold album versus a gold single. A gold single back in 1958 meant a million copies sold, which of course eventually turned into platinum. For an album though, for this Oklahoma soundtrack, that meant $1 million in sales. So the RIAA, the Recording Industry Association of America, has always kind of fudged the numbers and changed things and made things try to fit. I don't think fairly, but tried to make them fit with the current climate, the current times, but I always thought they botched it. So like I said, of course, eventually... Gold became half a million copies sold. Platinum became a million copies sold. And then, of course, from there, double, triple, all the way to diamond, which meant 10 million copies sold. And, of course, some of the greatest albums of all time. Achieved diamond status. Hotel California. Van Halen won. 1984 from Van Halen. The list goes on and on and on. So, basically from about the Beatles era, again, we're talking 1958 here with Oklahoma. Right around when the Beatles came to America all the way through to the early 90s before they botched everything it was a very fair very reasonable scale when it came to judging an album's popularity in sales now of course billboard even though they would give platinum and gold based on what the riaa told them that didn't mesh with billboards rankings throughout the 70s and the 80s billboard was so screwed up and so stupid you could have an album debut and everybody went out and bought that album first second week Yet, Billboard somehow had the album always debut way in the back of the pack and then have to work its way up. Some of the greatest albums of the 70s and 80s didn't even make the top 10, yet somehow sold two, three, four million copies. And along with Rolling Stone, this is why I have. Massive amounts of disdain for Billboard because those two, supposedly the forefront of music publications, always were deceitful, deceptive when it came to telling us what was really good, what was really bad, or what was really selling and what wasn't. Now, I'll give Billboard something of a break. Because they did try to factor in radio airplay fairly. So that was a reason why something was ranked higher. An album was ranked higher because it was getting more AOR play than another one. Even though the, the lower charting album was selling more. Now eventually it would even out. But... Now, ever since the sound scanned era began in the early 90s, everything has been completely and totally screwed up. We have no idea anymore what's popular, what's not, especially with rock and roll because Billboard has basically decided to ignore rock and roll completely. And I'm sorry, I am biased and I refuse to believe that over the last 20 years, rock and roll has not been able to make a dent on the Hot 100. That's garbage. That's absolute garbage. In a way, it's biased and prejudicial towards those of us who listen to rock and roll. They're going to say there was a seismic shift. There was no seismic shift. There was a shift things did go more towards urban, hip-hop, rap, dance, and electronica, but not to the extent that that Billboard wants you to believe. And, of course, Rolling Stone followed in lockstep. I'll hold off for another day. I'll cut it off here because I could, I could talk about this for hours. The manipulation of the music industry by its main publications. There's a reason why now you rarely see a platinum album, a gold album. Yes, I know people don't buy music anymore because you can go on Spotify, Tidal, Pandora, listen to it for free so you got to find some way to make up for the lack of sales with the the plays on Spotify and all the other streaming services but from what i've read the logic behind that is insane again something we'll get into in more detail on another day finally July the 8th 1978 Jerry Rafferty City to City how many of you remember that album how many of you have that album I'd say very very few of you I don't own the album I remember it I don't own it significance here it knocked Saturday Night Fever the soundtrack from Saturday Night Fever off the number one perch On the u.s albums chart where saturday night fever had been for almost half a year yes that's how important and historic the soundtrack from saturday night fever was but let's go back to jerry rafferty because this is about him let's give him his due like i said most people don't remember city to city don't remember the album don't own the album I guarantee you a lot more people remember and own the soundtrack to Saturday Night Fever. But what is on City to City? One of the most overlooked, underrated rock songs of all time, which is why City to City got to number one, Baker Street. Baker Street is such a phenomenal song. I still, to this day, do not think it's ever gotten its credit, its due for its place in rock history, especially its place in 70s rock history. It is a gorgeous, fantastic song. I don't know if I'd call Jerry Rafferty a one-hit wonder. He did have a a couple other minor hits he had, of course, right down the line, also off of City to City. And then, of course, earlier in his career, he was known for Stuck in the Middle with You from Steeler's Wheel, Movie Buffs, know that song, of course, from Reservoir Dogs. But Baker Street is such an unbelievable song. It shows you back in the day How the power of one song could propel an album to the top of the charts. If you guys, for some reason, somehow, some way, have never heard Baker Street, once this podcast is done, get on Spotify, do a search on Baker Street, listen to the magnificence of that song. All right, that wraps up. I want to go back. Coming up, of course, our final segment as we look forward to what is coming up in the weeks and months here in terms of reviews on the Fortress of Rock. This is going to be a little bit longer, wrap it up, because there are a couple things I need to explain and expand upon when it comes to music we're going to be listening to here together over the next few months so hang out for a quick promo and i will be right back well we hope you enjoyed our trip back in time looking back at the anniversaries the classic moments in rock and roll history but of course the delorean works both ways so now we have to move forward. The last segment here, as always, on the Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro Kevin Crane. Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's all about the future. What's coming out here in the next month or two? What songs? What albums? What concert tours? That's why we call it Wrap It Up. Thanks to the fabulous Thunderbirds. Thanks to you for hanging out. Here comes our final segment. All right, kids, time to wrap things up. Here, episode 47, July the 8th, 2022, Friday night on the Fortress of Rock. I'm the maestro Kevin Crane. Hope you have a great weekend. As always, Listen to as much music as you can. As I alluded to earlier, unfortunately, I don't have a ton from Segment 2 that I can recommend. Fozzie's Boombox is okay. It's not bad. Give it a spin. Give it a listen. I might have made it sound a little bit worse than I meant to. Boombox is actually not a bad album. Outside of that, as always, listen to old classic stuff. I mentioned the Allman Brothers, The Doors, Jerry Rafferty. With the Cult's new album coming out, go listen to some old classic Cult. As far as what's coming up here in the coming weeks, on the Fortress of Rock, number one, first and foremost, next Friday night. It's going to be an interesting episode. I'm going to have to tape early. So you probably get me Friday morning or Thursday night. Because next Friday night, I will be indulging in the Sonic Slam tour, which is Tom Kiefer of Cinderella. L.A. Guns, and Faster Pussycat. So next Friday's episode will be either Thursday or early Friday. But that episode will include, in two days, I am going to see the Doobie Brothers 50th anniversary tour finally. I've had these tickets for three years. I will be seeing them live in Grand Rapids, Michigan on Sunday the 10th. So that review will be coming on the next Fortress. In terms of new music, new albums, new singles, I'm still sticking with D-Raps, this young Van Halen-ish band that I was turned on to by the Van Halen News Desk. I'm planning on having that album review for you next week, their debut album. I still don't know what D-Raps means. Still one of the worst band names of all time. Again, I know backwards, it's Spared. I still don't think that's anything to be bragging about, anything to say, oh, that's cool. But from what I've heard of the album, the music is a different story. And then, of course, The week after that, I will have not only the review of the Kiefer L.A. Guns Faster Pussycat Show, but I will have a review of Journey's new album, Freedom, which just came out today, July the 8th. As far as singles go, we mentioned The Cult in segment one new album, Under the Midnight Sun, Coming out October the 7th, the first single is out. Give Me Mercy. You can listen to it on Spotify, again, Tidal, Pandora, wherever you listen to your music. That will be coming up here within the next couple weeks. I promised you King's X next week, and I will give it to you next week let it rain the first single off their upcoming new album and today one of my favorite bands i've told you new album coming out next month vibrating from collective soul finally the first single has been released all our pieces will have a review for For that song here on the fortress next Friday I already listened to it a handful of times love it one of my favorite bands never ever let me down collective soul never lets me down and if I was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame board of directors I would somehow find a way to get this band Nominated, at least, for the Rock Hall of Fame. Remember, they probably still hold the record. I'm not sure, but they at one time held the record for most number one songs on the Billboard mainstream rock song chart. And that was the main chart where you could go and look and see what new cool rock songs were coming out after they started the Soundscan era. Collective Soul had a ton of number one songs back then. Remember that started in the early 90s right when Collective Soul became popular. So all our pieces will be on the slate for next week without a doubt. Other songs that we're looking at, of course, we've mentioned Queensryche last week. We've mentioned Jack White for a a couple weeks now. Might hold off on Jack White and just wait for the, the second album of 2022 for that to be completely and totally out there. And we'll just review the whole album since that's only two weeks away. And of course, I've mentioned a new band that I like. They keep putting out new songs. As they get close to their new album, that's Devil's Train. And once again, I've mentioned this over the last week or two, just because I'm talking about these bands here in Wrap It Up. There are times when I decide not going to do it. Not going to review it. Don't have the time. I've heard something. We've talked about Wilco, I just don't have the time to listen to that double album, Cruel Country. The Black Keys, again, they've disappointed me so much in the past that i just decided i'm gonna pass on dropout boogie so keep in mind stuff like that happens here i'm the host i'm fickle things change things evolve so there you go kids glad you stuck through july the 8th 2022 here with me on friday night Looking forward to talking with you next week. Have a great weekend.